Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I said, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. Live from Wingstop this week, we're at 50th and oh, and uh, man, I just got my chicken wings. I can't wait. Uh, they also got uh, chicken sandwiches, brand new chicken sandwiches at Wingstop. You can choose between any of their 12 flavors. Sandwich comes with two toasted buns and pickles. It's $5.49 for the sandwich, which is a steal of a deal. Uh, even more of a steal. Combo with drink and fries is $7.99. So excellent uh, choice here at Wingstop. Doors open at 11. Of course, it is 12. Uh, the ticket water cooler is uh, always coming through you through your lunch hour from 12 to 1. You can order online at wingstop.com or use DoorDash and Uber Eats to have your food delivered. There are three Lincoln locations, 50th and O, where we're at today, 29th in Pine Lake and 28th and Superior, and now in Grand Island as well. Uh, Rico, I don't know if you're back there. I can't see your face, but uh, oh, there you are. there's Rico. Hello, uh, everyone. Sure. The bully himself. Welcome, Rico, welcome to the best show. There you go. <laughs> uh, you, you, I'm not you, a bully. You don't consider right? yourself a bully. No, I'm not a bully. I'm protecting yeah. myself. All right. <laughs> well, as soon as you, as soon as you, I mean, you didn't stand down at all. But uh, yeah, the bowling got turned around on you. So. Look, if people uh, come for me, quick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go right back at them. What's up? That's all it is. <laughs> if you can't That's take the heat, get out the kitchen. There you go. And in the, it's a spe- especially good kitchen here at Wingstop. Uh, yeah, so I bet I that kitchen smells good. Food here. Oh, yeah, it always smells good. Uh, the latest news, uh, Mark Whipple did have a, a press conference today, um, and uh, so we'll bring that to uh, just the news out of that to you, which is the, the biggest part of it is backup quarterback Chubba Purdy had missed a few days of practice leading up to that game against Illinois. Uh, and so since then, the injury has healed, but maybe that kind of explains uh why Nebraska's offense couldn't get going. Also, maybe ask further questions about what is the gap between the second quarterback and the third quarterback. Because if you have an injured Brock or Chubba Purdy, sorry, I'm always going to say Brock <laughs> Purdy, his brother over there at Iowa State. Uh, if you have an injured uh, Chubba Purdy, um, maybe maybe that factored in the decision to go with Logan uh, for that one series in the first half. I'm not really sure, but you know, as we go moving forward, I have to think if they were if they were confident enough in Chubba Purdy injured Chubba Purdy to, to, to finish out that game that I think he's going to get the starting nod uh, if, if Casey can't go this week. Yeah, it, it's very strange because as soon as Casey went out, the first quarterback you saw in was Logan Smothers uh, for that next offensive drive for Nebraska. But then they ended up going with Chubba Purdy, and, and, and Mickey Joseph was saying that they were doing it because they were down, and, and Chubba probably, you know, throws the ball a little bit more, a little bit better than, than Logan Smothers does. But if he was dealing with an injury leading up to that game, I don't know why you wouldn't have gone with a Logan Smothers unless, as you said, the gap between number two and number three is that much bigger that an injury uh, doesn't even close it as much as, as um, putting in the third-string quarterback over the second string. And I, I think so far this year, I don't have the numbers, but you kind of think about uh, the, the one possession he had against Indiana. It has not looked good with backup quarterbacks in one way or the other. Uh, hey, there's uh, there's the black shirt. How's it going? Hey, Rico. How you doing? <laughs> What's up, Trell? How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. How's Call of Duty? Uh, it's, it's, it's going good. 
You back uh, on Warzone, or are you playing, uh, you uh, playing multiplayer? I, 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 well, I played Madden this morning, and I got destroyed. Yeah, so Ooh, I'm, I'm going to put that game on the back burner for a couple of weeks. <laughs> throw that, um, throw that one into the into the reserves. Yeah, yeah snow day. <laughs> but it's, it's going well, man. You know, I gotta I gotta get better at the, the new one. So I'm just trying to play the Warzone until I can just kill some more people. What's your gamer tag again, in case they want to see it? Uh, Black Shirt 43. Yeah, that's easy to remember. Makes sense. Yeah. Me and him are friends on PlayStation, but I never get on at the same time as him. Oh, yeah, I, I'm an early morning. I, like, if I get off work at 4 o'clock, I'm playing to 9. 4 to 9. What's your all-time favorite game? Uh, Call of Duty right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm stuck on it, man. I started playing it like two, three years ago, and I've been on it real hard. So I'm just, oh, I yeah. guess that's my favorite of all time right now. God of Rico War comes Nick. out next week, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah. I'll say Rico and Nick were doing a video game segment the other day. They went back into my era, uh, which I kind of like. You know, when I was playing, the, my favorite games was probably, you know, kind of the N64 era. You play like NFL Blitz and games like oh, yeah. that. Oh, uh, those, those, I thought I had a lot I could play that, too. Oh, yeah. I, I was good at Blitz, man. I'm good at probably anything. I like the old classic games like like Popeye, Donkey Kong, Centipede, oh, yeah, yeah. Centipede games like that. I, you know, G- Galaxy. When I ever got, I get a chance to go to like these little places that had a little quarter game, I actually went down to the one in the uh, Haymarket, the downstairs. Oh yeah, uh, that's kind of fun. Video games. They got a lot of old school video games down there. It, okay, but <laughs> yeah, just um, blue cheese. I'm good. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very, I'm very old school. I like old school games, but with the, with the modern day, how stuff speeded up and I like to play with my kids, so yeah. you know the Call of Duty just puts me right on the point with them. Yeah, you can get a, you can get Go Crash ahead. Crash Bandicoot. There's like a, a combo thing that has like all the old Crash Bandicoots in. It. I got it for like thirty bucks, and uh, every once in a while, my daughter will come down. And we'll, we'll play that for a little bit. So that's pretty. Fun. I tried playing that not too long ago, and it's crazy how like you like you jump on those little leap frog things they are at that it's just, it's just it's very touchy yes as opposed to what i remembered you i mean it's a difficult game it's nah, that's good. always it's always been that touchy it's it's a lot of you yeah. know you got to hit right on the edge and it's it's very complicated very complex for a children's game which i was like i don't understand this but it's fun <laughs> yeah that was a good game my game was always that i was best at the old school one was tetris i'm pretty good te- if you play competitive tetris oh, <laughs> i think we're getting, we're getting rid of the black shirt uh, here. bye terrell have fun. <laughs> there he goes. Uh, see, he was waiting for his food. He got his food. Oh, yeah. Tetris. And that's ready to roll. Tetris is the reason why I was so good when I worked at uh, Red Walmart across the street. I was good at bagging items because, you know, it was great at Tetris. <laughs> why do you call it Red Walmart? I don't know. I don't want to call it by its name. Just like uh, it's uh, the other no one is. The other one is. But you give it the other one is. No, up. the other one is Blue Target. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you just yeah, get yeah. it wrong on purpose. Just around the other. On yeah, the other it's side, necessary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were turning. We were hitting the news a little bit here. Uh, another news item I wanted to mention: Kansas has self-imposed a four-game suspension. Oh no! For Bill Self oh. uh, to begin this season, the program will also self-impose recruiting restrictions. Uh, this is, uh, of course, they just won their <laughs> national title. He'll this never has do been that like again. Years and years of like, uh, you know, just speculation around the program, and it all comes down to this. A four-game recruiting well, or four-game suspension. So that's the self-imposed. The NCAA can still come down with their own suspensions or whatever, um, but they probably won't since Kansas is their little darling. Um, yeah. So after all of that, Bill Self, he'll never do it again. Four-game suspension. Ah, darn it, man. <laughs> oh, no. Grr. How will they ever <laughs> recover? 
I just like that they waited until they won a national championship. They're like, all right, yeah. now we could probably. Uh, years later, they're like, okay, now now we'll do it. <laughs> I guess. We feel like we can. Uh, they're we probably like we're in there. They're probably like, hey, Bill, what uh, what week? What two weeks do you want to just have off? <laughs> like, ah, I'll take these ones in, in this random month. Okay, cool. I think it does include the Duke game this year. And, and that's another thing about college basketball, though, again, too. You get Kansas-Duke. You get all the best matchups in the non-con early on during football season when nobody's paying attention. Uh, and, it, you know, it's just cra- it always kind of baffled me that they did that, and it just doesn't seem to, to have as much hype. And part of that is because... Doesn't really matter who wins those games, I suppose. In they the long try to, run, they try to kind build of it a up. little bit of positioning, but uh, yeah. Well, you can't do it later because that's when you're doing conference games, and you don't want to throw a. You, if you're Kansas, you don't want to throw Duke in there randomly before you have to go and face, you know, West Virginia or Texas. Yeah. So it's it, it makes sense, and they they build it up as good as they can uh, with ESPN and uh, and Fox and CBS and whatever other college basketball uh, pregame shows and postgame shows or whatever they have going out there. So they do the best that they can, but it's hard to compete with, with football season going on. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the major news story. I, th- I think that kind of developed over, over last evening into, into today is that Mickey Joseph might not just be in the eyes of Nebraska as they look for a head coach. Husker Online reported the other day Gasp. that there has been uh, contact with with Arizona State with the, with Mickey Joseph's uh, agent. So um, it, it, does this kind of surprise you at all, Rico, that this was happening? Or no. do you expect it maybe a few more wins might be needed for the outside schools to come looking? Or is, I don't, is this kind of what you expected? I don't think so. And I, I said it in very less glamorous terms, as, as Jay Foreman said it last night when I was listening. He said that, uh, look, Mickey Joseph, Nebraska wasn't the only school looking at Mickey Joseph while he was at LSU or when he was planning on leaving LSU. So Nebraska wasn't his only offer. He was getting offers from other schools. They know how good he is. They know his coaching resume, although it might not have the glamorous head coaching destinations or glamorous head coaching stops that everybody's looking for. He has been a head coach before. He's been an athletic director before. It was at a high school, but it still counts. He had all of that responsibility of being an athletic director. He's been a coach at multiple different universities and in different locations, different uh, communities. He's had to deal with different people uh, uh, day in and day out. So Mickey Joseph's resume, although it doesn't have the head coaching acumen that some people are looking for, he has a ton of coaching experience. And especially now with the little bit of head coaching experience at the Power 5 level that he's getting, I mean, taking a chance on him would be uh, pretty smart for any of these schools, especially if you look at what he's doing on the recruiting trail, not knowing if he's going to be the head coach at Nebraska next season, and how he's still able to get these kids to commit to the university and, and, and commit to him. And, you know, if he's here, more than likely they sign. If he's not, I don't know what their decisions will be if they decide to sign with Nebraska, if they decide to go somewhere else, if they decide to follow him. But the things that he's been doing year in and year out on the coaching scene I'm not surprised that another school is looking at him in a head coaching role, and especially in Arizona State where, I mean, his wife is from Arizona. His brother is currently coaching uh, on the Arizona Cardinals uh, coaching staff. Uh, Arizona is a very fertile recruiting ground, and the trek from Louisiana where he he does a lot of his recruiting and a lot of his recruits come from to Arizona is probably a lot easier and and a lot more uh, uh, desirable than going from Louisiana to Nebraska. So that that way that fits out. And then I feel as if, you know, an offense with high-powered wide receivers would work 
extremely well in the Pac-12. So everything kind of lines yeah. up perfectly for Arizona State if they end up being able to pry Mickey Joseph or if, if Nebraska ends up uh, letting Mickey Joseph walk, uh, Arizona State would be kind of a, a really good spot for him. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I, I think that that might be, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. It, I would rather he be here. Right. But, like, but, I, I mean, just, I, like, throw that, just let everybody know. Like, I would rather right. he be coaching here, but if he were to go anywhere else, I mean, and like you said, Auburn seems like a pretty good spot as well. And Auburn, uh, Arizona State, like, there's tons of, uh, of other places where Mickey Joseph would do a great job as a head coach. And, you know, for, for some reason, people, uh, fans, I don't know about the decision makers at Nebraska, don't seem to want him or, or some don't seem to think that he would be a, a, a good head coach here. Well, and I, I think, too, there's you – know, we all like to take our sides, right? And it's kind of fun. I like coaching searches. Some people think it's uncomfortable or whatever, but, I mean, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, I don't think that there's a whole lot of people that don't think that Mickey Joseph um, couldn't do a, a, an okay job here. The, the idea behind people, I think, that are maybe want to go elsewhere is that you could get somebody that's a little bit more desirable, at least with the resume. And you can say what you want about resumes or not, but – it does count for something if you've ever tried to get a job that your resume kind of speaks that it doesn't, you know, go for. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Mickey Joseph is building it up, and I think that the, the maybe the, the talks with Arizona State or the rumors and reports, I should say, with Arizona State uh, are going to open some eyes. But at the same time, that is probably more aligned if, if he wasn't. At if he wasn't a former Husker, if he wasn't the interim at Nebraska, that's more aligned with a career trajectory for Mickey Joseph. As you mentioned, the Pac-12 kind of makes more sense with his strength as a wide receiver coach. Um, you know, if we're if we're being honest, just the the salary that he's going to command at uh, at Arizona State's going to be less than it will typically at a Nebraska, at a Auburn. I think he'd do okay at Auburn. But I think that they're going to have a lot of candidates to pick through at Auburn. Arizona State, you're not going to get the first pick. And that's kind of where Mickey Joseph is. So if you're just talking about out there on the open market with all these colleges, that's kind of where more aligned with with the type of job that he would get. Uh, That does not mean that it it wouldn't work out here at Nebraska or that he wouldn't be a good hire at Nebraska. Um, It will just be interesting to kind of see the pay scale of when this all kind of plays out. I think that that's where – First-time head coach, that's kind of more um, where that would make uh, traditional sense. But here at Nebraska, if you feel like he's got it rolling, if you're Trev, and I, and I can't say this enough, Trev's legacy as an athletic director depends on this hire. I don't think they can do this little, hey, we're going to hire Mickey for two years, see how it goes, and if it doesn't work, Trev can hire another guy. That's not, that's not how it works in this profession. I'd be very surprised to see Nebraska um, go outside the box and do something like that. It, it, it just – that doesn't – I mean, how could you tell, you know, recruits he's going to be here in five years? That's why they get the five-year contract. Uh, you know, it, it's supposed to just, you know, help with sustainability. I don't think you have this, like, trial run with Mickey Joseph. You, because – uh, again, and, and because if Arizona State wants to hire him, they're not giving him a trial run period. I mean, it might end up that way. So you still, Brian Harson still gets fired after two years, you know, not even two years in. Uh, but you have to go with the five-year contract. You have to go with the belief. Uh, and so it, it's just fascinating to see how it all plays out. The other thing is the timing. Trev is going to have to make this decision as more jobs come open. Uh, a lot of people are, are kind of pointing around, you know, Black Friday, less than a month away now. We're in the month of November. 
kind of as the, you know, when you, when you want to make the announcement. And so trying to decide if it were Mickey Joseph, when would you announce that? And then the other thing is, kind of on the fly as it goes, if he does not have a man in, in mind right now, um, as far as, like, finally nailed down, mm-hmm. then wins can add to it. I don't think losses at this point, especially with a banged-up Casey Thompson, unless they're blowouts, unless it looks like he lost the team, I don't think losses are going to hurt him so much in the, in the race. But a win certainly helps. If you can get a win, especially without Casey Thompson, <laughs> against Minnesota, uh, you know, kind of Big Ten personified over there that Nebraska struggled against, I still think that would be huge in, in the Mickey Joseph uh, run to be Nebraska's next head coach. Okay, so this is going with kind of what you said. So if, if he's not going to be commanding as much money at an Arizona State or an Auburn, if you're Nebraska and you, and you, you know, don't offer him that much or you don't have to offer him that much, I, what would be the – the risk of giving him a five-year contract because if you're not offering him that much the buyout's not going to be too expensive if if it doesn't work out in the first two three years and and you do end up trying to go in a different direction if you did not offer him that much if you if you're able to or if you're you're willing to and if he accepts it offer him less money than the buyout after two three years won't be too crazy as to you know uh parting ways with him and going in a different direction but if he's too and I've said this before, you can't, you can't base this hire off of a fear of losing him and him being successful somewhere else or out of a fear of, of losing recruits or, you know, however much of your roster decides to leave if he doesn't end up being the head coach. You can't base your hire out of the fear of that. But if, you're, if Mickey Joseph continues on this trajectory of, of getting, you know, commitments from people left and right getting commitments from from guys kids who can who can help this program next year two years down the line then i I mean it would be very hard to say okay thank you for all your commitments to mickey joseph and the university of nebraska but we're going to go in a different direction uh and and hopefully he's able to stay on as a coach in some capacity but as we've said before it it would be really awkward for a head coach to look over their shoulder and see, you know, this guy was the head coach for most of the season last year and had the entire, not the entire, but a, a good portion of the state and the entire roster behind him campaigning for him to be the next head coach. And now he's my wide receiver coach. And, oh, by the way, he still has that associate head coach tag. Like, that would that would be really and I mean, I don't know the, the coaching dynamics, but I guess to me, if I was the next head coach and I had that behind me, I mean, that'd be kind of awkward and it'd be uh, a very tenuous situation because if you start to struggle in any capacity, there's always going to be that that whisper from the fan base and, and maybe something you hear on the back of your mind like, well, you know, I'm not doing too hot. This guy could always take over. He did it before and he had, you know, however much success uh, by the time this year ends. Yeah, and, and I think part of it's going to depend on that success. Uh, but with with other teams reaching out to him as head coach, whether it happens this year, there's a possibility that Mickey doesn't get the Nebraska job and doesn't get another Power 5 job. You know, sometimes when you're just a name involved, you know, maybe he still needs a, a little bit of a prove it from even an Arizona State or a Colorado, whoever else is out there. Um, they, But you're, you're right. I mean, it would kind of uh, draw up a, a kind of an interesting situation. But I don't think if you retain Mickey Joseph at this point, if you're somehow able to do that, whether that in, – and like you said, I think there's limited – options here where that could happen maybe ed orchard or dave Aranda, guys he's worked with before mm-hmm. maybe that would be 
not you know they wouldn't be awkward uh, too awkward with the, with an outside hire that he hasn't worked before. I think it would be, um, but I don't think at this point that you you even if you retain Mickey Joseph as your wide receiver coach, heck, even about you know jump him up to coordinator if that's what he wanted to do. He, you know, it, it's it's not a long term idea to keep that involved because he is he's moving up the coaching rankings. He's going to get offers. Uh, into the next couple of years, if it, if not this year. So, uh, very interesting situation. Again, interesting on Trev's part, too, because he kind of put this all together and, and knew he was going to be in this situation. Uh, but he gave Mickey a chance. And I think that, too, some people don't think that if you pass on Mickey that maybe you could go back and circle around if he proves himself at Arizona State, the next hire doesn't work for Nebraska. I think you can. I think this is a big opportunity that Mickey was handed from his alma mater. Uh, and, and he, you know, he can't be too offended if they if they go with somebody else. I think down the line you could probably uh, circle around and get him back if you needed to. But obviously the hope would be your next hire would take off running anyway. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler. We are live from Wingstop at 50th and O. Very interesting time in Husker Athletics. We'll continue talking about that stuff coming up next. Also, our, one of our favorite segments to do here uh, on the Ticket Water Cooler, famous alumni from your opponent this week. This week, it's Minnesota Golden Gophers. Find out who's going to cheer against the Huskers this upcoming week here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.